program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 83. Be on the lookout for a Bronco artist passing as a Baron von Bodenthal. Described as medium height, wears a monocle, speaks with a foreign accent. That's all. Those and clips. Tonight, hundreds of police cars are patrolling dark streets in California and Arizona cities, listening intently for the police radio. When the emergency call comes, and it comes many times every night, down goes the throttle to the floorboard, the siren screams, and Rio Grande cracked gasoline rushes the police to the rescue. No other gasoline will meet emergencies so well as Rio Grande Cracked. Because no other gasoline is made in the West by the patented Sinclair cracking process. Tests have been made by scores of city chemists to find which gasoline gives best results in emergency motors. And Rio Grande has won the test in Los Angeles, in Maricopa County, Arizona, in Fresno, in Oakland, in Berkeley. In fact, everywhere it is sold, Rio Grande cracks gasoline powers more police cars fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment than any other brand. Rio Grande Crack has been chosen by these cities not only for its exceptional speed and power, but because city records of automobile operating costs prove that this unusual gasoline actually gives many more miles to the gallon. Even at lowest cut prices, no uncracked gasoline gives as many miles per dollar as Rio Grande Crack. Why don't you use the same gasoline that experts specify for their finest car? You can enjoy police car performance in your own car if you just ask your independent dealer for Rio Grande cracked gasoline. And now it is our privilege once more to present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department, Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. A constant public menace which your police find difficult to combat is the operations of confidence men and bunco artists. The world is full of slickers whose philosophy contains no word or work. They are wed to the idea that the less wary should pay their way. Their victims, innocent, gullible citizens who believe in their fellow man, more often than not, swallow their pride, take their loss, and say nothing about it because of fear of ridicule. Hence, the policeman's problem. This type of offender could be more completely dealt with if only the citizen who has become a victim of his guile would promptly report him to the police. As you will see in this story you're about to hear, the Baron soon walked into the law's arms after his victim had gotten enough courage to report his gullibility to the authorities. It is several years ago in Vienna. A seedily dressed little man sidles over the golden flush threshold of the Kaiserhof Café. A waiter approaches him. 
for someone, sir? For you, Heinrich. Carl, when did they release you? Just yesterday. I walked all the way from the prison. Oh, you should not have come back here. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I had to see you. Tell me, my friend, did they treat you well in the prison? Like a pig. Bread and water, turnips. And all because the Countess von Stormhoff left her purse at the table and I was tempted to remove the contents. Three years for that. It is the law. And the Petron need not have turned me in. You could have overlooked it. Oh, it does no good to be bitter, Carl. You can get occupation somewhere else. You're very good waiter. Waiter? No longer will I be a waiter. Huh? What do you propose to do? I'm going to live. Consider, Heinrich. With a monocle in my eye and an afternoon coat, could I not pass as a gentleman? Would I not look the same as any of these people here? Yeah, yeah. Perhaps you would. Certainly, I have a manner. One cannot be a waiter in the Kaiserhof Cafe without a manner. True. And this scar on my cheek, where that Swabian dishwasher hit me with a plate that time, would that not pass as a gentleman's saber scar received in a student duel at Heidelberg? Yeah, it might. But not in Vienna. I'm not going to remain in Vienna. I'm going to travel. And finally, that is why I've come here to you, my best friend. Why is that, Carl? I will need some money to buy a wardrobe and a ticket. Enough money, let us say, to get me to Paris. Oh, I have not much money, Carl. You have enough, Heinrich, to lend me some. Yeah, but my Lena and the children, it would not be fair to them. It is investment, Heinrich. We are going into business together. Of the money I glean from gullible parvenus, I shall give you a half. Think of it, Carl. For a few paltry shillings, you will have hundreds. You can quit this menial task, open your own restaurant. Think of it, Heinrich. A little place of your own, where you can be your own boss. afternoon, Madame Durand. Mais not du tout, Colonel. It is you who are good to come. Always you are welcome in the home of Celeste de Rhin. Ah, Madame, your words, the look in your eyes, gives me hope that someday... Oui, mon Colonel? Please, call me Carl. Carl, oui. Carl. And you are staying? Mm. No, no, no. I, I cannot. It would not be fair. These two weeks since I have met you have been the happiest in my life, but... Alas. But what, Carl? Mon Dieu, speak. I, too, have been happy in this knowing you. A real gentilhomme. Oh, if you could only know the life I have led. Those unhappy years of mariage to Monsieur Derain, a bourgeois. Figurez-vous, a type who devastated that within my veins runs the blood of Napoleon. Napoleon, le fille, that is. Uh, yeah, I know. Yours has been an unhappy lot, and it flatters me while it grieves me to be forced to add to your unhappiness. Carl, what are you saying? Celeste, I must go away. No, 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 mon ami. Do not go away. Do not leave me. I have not told you before, but I think it is only fair that you know I am on a secret mission. Yeah? A secret mission? Yes, I I'm on the business of his grace, the Archduke Otto. If I am successful... I shall place him on the throne of Austria. Marvelous. When I think what that will mean to the royalist cause in France... Mm, yeah, exactly. 
My mission is a difficult one, however. It, uh, it is beset with many annoying obstacles. Oh, if I could but help. Yeah, there is little one can do. Yeah, I, I will get it somehow. Get what, Carl? Money. It will be necessary to finance the coup d'etat. Money? But then, mon ami, I can help. I have plenty of money. Monsieur Deran made millions. Manufacturing bed springs or whatever it was. I beg you to let me help. Uh, no, no, Celeste. I, I couldn't think of it. Uh, no, it would be quite impossible. When I am successful, when the Emperor Otto sits crowned in Vienna, I want to come back to you without a sense of obligation. Major Siskow, it is a privilege. Oh, that at last I can help the reestablishment of the monarchy. It has been the greatest ambition of my life to be able to do such a thing. How much do you need, Carl? Oh, really, Celeste, I, I cannot... I say, I say, here. I write you the check for one million francs. Uh, a, a million francs? Voilà, mon cher, for royalty. Oh, but Celeste... Mais c'est toi, take it. Very well, and uh, and now, Celeste, I, I must leave you, but uh, only until I have placed the Archduke upon the imperial throne of Austria. Oh, Miss Heatherstone, this mild English summer has done wonders for me. Oh, I feel like a new man. You look much better than you did when you came down here to Septon Heath a month ago. I, I wonder whether my recovery was due more to the quiet summer air, the sweet-smelling roses in this garden, and the pale blue sky, or to the quiet intelligence of your soul, the understanding in your eyes, the beautiful friendship you have given me. Oh, Professor Rangstein. Bitte, please call me Carl. Do you think it would be quite proper? I'm sure it would, Mary. Oh, Carl. Oh, if life could but go on like this, if one were not impelled to achieve, to grind out the grains of one's soul in the mortar and pestle of ambition. Oh, this is madness, Mary. Why? My experiment. I must complete my experiment. My laboratory in London calls, and if it costs my life, I shall go back and finish my work. Oh, your life? Yes, Mary, and it may cost me my life. The fumes from the chemicals in which I am working are insidious, deadly. They kill slowly. That is why I had to come down here to Shepton Heath to gain back a foothold and a life for just a little longer. Oh, Carl, no. And now I must go back to that foul-smelling laboratory to continue my work, to push back the frontiers of human knowledge one little step further. Oh, Carl, you are a great man. No. When I was a little girl here in this vicarage, my father used to sit with me in this very garden and tell me of the great scientists who had given their lives for humanity. I learned to love them. Oh, and to think that I've finally met one. And learned to love them. Oh, Carl. My life has been so lonely in this old vicarage since my father passed on, living here alone with the memory of him. Oh, now I can't bear to think of the friendship we have had coming to an end. Oh, you give me hope, Mary. You give me a reason to want to live. Perhaps, 
Who knows? Perhaps my experiment will not kill me. Perhaps someday when it is finished, I, I can come back to you. Oh, I pray to God that you will. I shouldn't have said that. My goodness, I'm acting like a young girl. To me, you are a young girl, Mary. A young girl who must be protected from life. Tell me, Lipian, uh, you, you have not much uh, money, have you? Well, my father left me a hundred a year. Oh, I thought of it. Here, Mary, is something I want you to have. What is it? A copy of my will. I have some property in Austria, a villa near Vienna, another near Salzburg, and some fairly valuable books and paintings. I've had my solicitor make this will out in your favor. If I try completing my experiment, I want you to have all that I possess. Oh, no, Carl, I couldn't. It wouldn't be right. I've done nothing for you. You have given me hope. You have given me something for which to live. An impetus to go back and complete my experiment, if I only can. But of course you can. If you're genius... No, it is not that. Uh, working with the precious materials I am, I, I, I may run out before the experiment is concluded. Can't you get more? No, oh, I can and I cannot. At present, my affairs in Vienna are so tangled that I may not be able to get my hand on some ready cash. Then, Carl, would you let me help? You? Oh, no, no, I... I could not do that. Well, it wouldn't be much that I could possibly realize on some of my inheritance. Oh, it would be a privilege to help a man of science. Oh, no, no, it, it's impossible. And it would make me feel better about your will. Please let me help, Carl. Uh, you place it on that basis. But... I'll see my solicitor tomorrow. Oh, well, there is no immediate hurry. If I need your help, I will write to you. And if I survive my experiment... I'll write to you to come to me. Oh, Carl, I... I love you. And it is not long before Carl Villingen, the ex-waiter of the Kaiserhof Cafe, alias Professor Rengstein, will write gullible Mary Heatherston for fun. Meanwhile, in the office of the Paris Surete. And you give this Colonel von Mohrenberg one million francs, madame? Mais oui, one million francs. So that he could place the Archduke Otto on the Austrian throne. What? Mais je vous dis. So that he could place the Archduke Otto on the Austrian throne. Ha! But the Archduke Otto, he remains in Belgium. Where, for the good of the peace of Europe, he had best remain. And my million francs and Colonel von Marenberg have disappeared. Madame, do you realize you have placed yourself in a grave situation? I realize that I want my million francs ah, back. More than your million francs are at stake. There is truth in what you say. If you have really contributed to the Austrian violence cause, you have become an enemy of force. What? Madame, we must investigate this matter further. And in the meantime, you will be held. Held? Mais pourquoi? On suspicion of treason. No, 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 I have not been a traitor to la France. Mais c'est fou, c'est Madame, you, that remains to be seen. This matter is out of my hands. That's clearly an incident for the court to pass. Diplomatic dispatches between Paris and Vienna quickly reveal the fraud. And Madame Durand, sadder and wiser, is released to go her chauvinistic way. But by this time, spinster Mary Heatherston, puzzled that her beloved scientist's letters have ceased to arrive, sets out on a journey to London, which lands her finally in the chief of inspector's office in Scotland Yard. 
I went to the address here in London to which I'd been writing him. I found it to be a bake shop which sells Vienna bread. Hmm, I see. Oh, I can't understand it. The bake shop, they knew no Professor Rangstein. Oh, I wish you'd try to find him. I'm afraid he's met with some accident, been a victim of foul play. You say you've been sending him money. Yes. You see, he was completing a great and important experiment. Oh, what kind of an experiment? Why, uh, I come to think of it, he never did say. I thought so. And how much money did you send him? Several hundred pounds. Almost all of my inheritance. We were going to be married, you see. Yes, I imagine so. He even made me the beneficiary. Of his will? Why, how did you know? I've handled such cases before, Miss Hedison. This isn't a missing person's case. What is it, then? A pure case of fraud. You've been built out of several hundred pounds by an imposter. <gasps> Quick, Sergeant, bring some water. This young lady's fainted. Meanwhile, living right royally on Madame Durand's million signs, and Miss Heatherson's several hundred pounds, Carl Billington travels to Buenos Aires, lives well for several months, and then his funds getting low, visits a certain dirty office along the waterfront. In the fear, senor. I understand you are very clever. Clever? But what? Shall we say, forgery? I do not think it would be wise to fear too loudly, senor. I have no desire to. What would the senor like to have accomplished? I wish to enter the United States. From which country? From Austria. Yeah, let me see. Easy, that can be arranged. And under what name? The Baron Karl von Badenthal. The Baron Karl von Badenthal. An excellent name. Mm. I return at the same time tomorrow, Baron. And I shall have a beautiful Austrian passport ready and visa for you. Oh, sure, sure. 
Mr. Vernon? Yes, please. Arnold, did you see the story in this morning's examiner? What story? About the Baron von Badenkot. What about him? Well, he's landed in New York and is coming to Hollywood to sell a scenario. Seeing Kazakama, the Baron von Badenkot is coming right here to Hollywood. Well, what have it? Ah, what When I was a boy in Austria, there were some von Badenkot who had a castle near our village. Well? Maybe this man belongs to the same family. Maybe you could tell me of the homeland. Now, listen, Hayman. You have no right to bother a baron. Your people were just honest villagers. Ah, yeah, but this is America. And Austria is no longer under the emperor. Here, under the heavy quality. Surely I can talk to a baron. In this country, am I not a baron? I have made my fortune. I, too, have wealth and power. Well, what do you propose to do about this baron? I shall meet him as soon as he gets to Hollywood. Unknown to him, Spider Carl's carefully spun net had already caught a fly. The gullible press gives the Baron columns of space on his trip across the country, and so it is that he's hardly settled in his room in a Hollywood hotel when the phone rings. Hello? Here I have a studio clamoring for it, and the stage rights are being held in Vienna. 
uh, still you want a clear title, and well, it, uh, it looks as though I will have to go back to Vienna. Oh, we'll be sorry to see you go, Carl. Uh, it's very inconvenient right at this time. Uh, what do you mean? Well, my affairs are in such an false state in Vienna that I cannot lay my hand on any ready cash yet. Oh. If I delay, then the studio will lose interest and I shall not be able to sell my scenario. Hell, Carl, I'd be glad to help. But... Oh, I shouldn't want to ask that, Herman. Oh, if I can do anything, you you know I'm your friend. Mm, that's just it. I, I never like to mix friendship and business, but, uh, uh, Herman, there is one solution. What's that? I could take you in as a partner. But uh, how, Carl? Well... I will share half and half on the $15,000 I will get for my scenario if you can lend me enough money to get back to Vienna. That's more than fair. You, you're being too generous. You are my best friend, Herman. Ah, all right. How much will you need? About $1,500. $1,500? Ha-ha. <laughs> I shall get it for you as soon as the banks open in the morning. <laughs> Herman, the time has come to say goodbye. But you will be back soon, won't you, Carl? As soon as I can clear up things in Vienna. But uh, just in case you know how uncertain travel is, uh, I, I want you to have this. What is it? My will. Your will? I have made you the heir to all I possess. My castle at Graz, my villa at Salzburg, my other lands in Hungary, my paintings and library. Oh, no, no, Carl, I couldn't. I... Should I die, minor lieber friend, all I have is yours. Don't be the same. Oh, please. Be there at three o'clock. 
There won't be any money waiting for him, but there will be a couple of New York cops. And what's the rap on this fellow we're looking for, Tim? You both are after it, I think. Posters is a baron. These pony barons go bigger than Hollywood, don't they? Yeah, I'll say. Especially when you can kiss a lady's hand and balance one of them <laughs> monocles in your eye. Like this fine gossoon just coming in now. Hey, that must be our guy, all right. Medium height, wears monocles, scar on cheek. Well, what are we waiting for, then? Uh, wait a minute. Sure, and we'll be seeing what yes, he's after uh, first. What can I do for you? Uh, have you a money order from Los Angeles for the uh, Baron von Bodenthal? Bodenthal. Just a minute, I'll take hey, a look. Don't bother, buddy. You're under arrest, Baron. I beg your pardon. Come on, now. Don't fool any lordy law stuff with me or I'll slap you down. You're under arrest. Hi, hi. I cannot understand. I, I'm sure there's some mistake. Come along now. You will hear from my government if you insist upon arresting me. Yes, and we'll be hearing from the inspector if we don't. So the Baron von Bardenthal, alias Carl Willenden, walked into the trap, which was partly of his own making. He was immediately extradited to California, and last April 5th was sentenced to serve from one to ten years in San Quentin Penitentiary for grand theft. Following the completion of that sentence, federal officers have a hold against him to deport him as an undesirable alien, and Scotland Yard has filed a hold against him to answer for his fraudulent representations to gullible Miss Mary Heatherstone of Shepton Heath. Whether Madame Durain, the royalist, will prefer charges remains to be seen. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, your police officials do everything in their power to protect you and your property. That's why they use Rio Grande cracked gasoline in police cars, fire engines, and emergency vehicles. By actual tests, they have proved that Rio Grande cracked gasoline gives more speed, more power, and more miles to the gallon. City records of cars, operating costs, over a period of years, prove that it costs less per mile to use Rio Grande cracked gasoline. Won't you take a friendly tip from your police department? Try the same gasoline as they use. Rio Grande cracked gasoline with tetraethyl and enjoy police car performance in your own car. Another true crime story next week. For information about these programs, ask at any Rio Grande service station for a free copy of the Calling All Cars News, a unique publication with true detective stories and the latest movie and radio news. Illustrated in color, free at any service station where Rio Grande cracked gasoline is sold. This is your narrator, Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs> <laughs>